It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. One of the coolest things at this point of the season is when I get my alert from MLB.com or watching MLB TV. Alert, you know, somebody's about to win, win a playoff spot. I've always wondered this. I've watched it from afar, but I've never been able to actually experience this. Tell the podcast what it's like to be on the field to get those final two outs. Like, remember we had Jay Johnson on the podcast, and he's and you asked him what's going through your mind in that ninth inning, and he he kind of said, up until one out of the ninth inning, I was still kind of coaching, and I looked up and I said, oh my god, we're going to do this. So I want to know from your perspective, standing at second base or sitting in the dugout, what's it like two outs left to win and get in that dog pile? I've never had a the, – the times that I've gone to the postseason, the teams I've been on, uh, we were wire to wire first place. So it was never it never had that drama coming down to at, like you like you always say that game 162 where we've got to play really good to clinch this thing. It's always kind of been in the bag like eh, it's we're going to clinch it's a matter of time. So for me, yes, it's an honor. It, it's cool. So I remember the first time I went 94 we were really good. It was wire right. to wire that was a strike year. So 95 I believe we went wire to wire again. We clenched. It was great. It was the first time I got to go to the postseason. We ended up beating the Dodgers that year and then running into that Braves buzzsaw. It's cool, but it's not. It's. I don't know. It's almost like it's a celebration. We started from spring training. This team, everybody has that dream. This is the first step uh, in, in going after that World Series trophy. But the players, they, they, they kind of keep it, you know, keep it in bay. They keep it at bay. Whereas, hey, this is the beginning of a, of a long road. Gotcha. So, so it's not that over-the-top celebration. The time I was in Atlanta and we clinched, we were wire to wire. I think we won 102, 104 games that year. It was kind of obvious we were going to the postseason. It was a different thing because that was the Braves in the 90s. I was only there for one year in 1999. They go to the postseason every year. So their party was almost not even a party. Like, we do this every year. We're, we're, we're not going to. Whereas I'm coming from the Cincinnati Reds where I'd been to the postseason. But I'm like, hey, this isn't every year for me. I want to celebrate a little bit. And then the 2001 Mariners, we had won so many games uh, that we knew we were going to clinch pretty much from the All-Star Star game, so it wasn't much of a party. Each round, yeah, you have another party, and and it the parties get a little more uh, accelerated. But uh, you know what I remember the most 
is 2000, I believe it was 2002. And we were in a dogfight till the end with the, uh, with the uh, LA Angels at the time. Yeah. I, w- I remember going to Texas and then LA and the season was on the line. We had to, I forget what we had to do. We had to win both series. And I think we ended up losing both series. The Angels ended up breaking our hearts the last week of the season. And we didn't make the postseason. I think we won 92 games and missed the postseason. That I remember that much more than I do remembering the celebrations for going to the postseason. Okay, that's where I was going to go next. That's why we do the podcast together. Describe what it's like watching the other team celebrate and you're walking off the field. That is tough. Uh, you know, you get those <laughs> of guys uh, – during a playoff series when you lose the playoffs and the guys just sit there with that look on their face. It's almost like at this stage of the game, uh, they're posing for the picture. Look how distraught I am. Uh, So I always made it a point when you lose, when you lose a big one, get your butt up, get out of the dugout, get into the locker room and whatever grieving. And I, and I don't like to use the word grieve, because grieve is a serious word for somebody that's passed away. Baseball, you, you lose you grieve in a, in a very much more unserious way. So I don't okay. want to well, misrepresent. Let me, let, me, let me call timeout right here because I don't think people understand what it's like to be in a locker room after a loss over the course of 162 games. Like there's right. a well, story that about, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We'll get to that for a second. But like, there's a story about the San Francisco Giants playing – Bob Marley music after a loss and people and old school people are freaking out. Like what in the world they're playing music in there, Brett, this, uh, you use the word grief. I think that's an appropriate word. And I don't think you're taking it out of, out of context because I tell you what, when I first started coming around and I was, I was in San Francisco and Oakland and they lost a lot of games, but even for the worst team in baseball, after a loss, nobody looks at each other. Nobody talks. There's no music. It feels like you are in a wake. Describe to people what it's like for a team after they lose, because I don't think people understand how bad the players and the teams and the managers and the coaches want it on a daily basis. Yeah, you got you to be a professional. You, you know it's 162 games. There's going to be wins. There's going to be losses, hopefully more wins than losses. You're going to go on streaks, winning streaks, losing streaks. It depends. There was never music in the clubhouse after a loss. And I don't care on on the best teams I've ever been on. If we won 15 games in a row and then lost a game after that loss, there's no music in the clubhouse. There's no kids in the clubhouse after a loss. Uh, We win. Crank the music. That was a part. That was part of your reward for the day. You get to crank that music if you win, but only if you win. And it's almost a punishment if you lose. It's no, I'm not saying now, now, Rich, you're going. I've been on some teams where the losing is so we lose so much that you're right. It is that dismal. Wow. This team is bad. It's not getting better. And it's like that after a game. I've been on some great teams where we lost tonight. You're not supposed to be happy. You're not supposed to be playing music, but you're civil. You know that tomorrow's a new day and we're probably going to win tomorrow. So there's a differences. There's a difference depending on the team you're on. I've been on some teams where it's a long year and it's like 
this team isn't that good and there's going to be more losses than wins. And yes, that, that clubhouse becomes a, that's why you see on losing teams, you see, you see skirmishes behind the scenes. You, you see stories arise about the chemistry and this guy's talking about this guy on winning teams. You never usually see that. You never usually see that because it's easy to smile and play the music loud when you're winning. But right. I want to see the teams when you're losing. Can you, those are the true pros that I played with that we handle the losses with the wins and, and you balance that on great teams. You ever hear somebody interviewed and go, man, I didn't like the guys on that team. You usually get along with everybody when you're winning every day, don't you? Right. But on right. those bad teams, man, I didn't like him and oh, yeah. he can move on. You're always hearing that. Like, he can move on, or we're getting rid of that guy. But on a winning team, no, everything's cool by yeah. We want every everybody's coming yeah, back. Chemistry is the most overused word in sports. All right, Correct. so let's go back to what we were originally talking about. I'll take you back to twenty years ago. Okay, hundred sixteen wins. Right. Ran into the Angels. Right. <clears throat> nope. Uh, who'd you run into? That was two two thousand. Oh, that was Yankees. Sorry, the playoffs. Now we 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 lost to the Yankees. Okay, and we've t- we've covered this. I, right, but I know. but but I want to know for the those that are watching somebody getting walked off. Right, you said I get my butt out of there. I'm not going to stand there and be a picture or meme or anything. Describe what that feeling is like, knowing that the season's over while you're watching someone else pour champagne on their heads. Um. It's surreal, and, and it's, it's a culmination because it's such a journey. You know, you get to spring training the middle of February. You play 30 spring training games. You play 162. Usually by that time, you, you win a, a series or two in the postseason. But somebody's seasons, everybody's season's going to end at some point. And there's only one team that's going to end and be smiling. Um, so it's just that it's, it's just kind of a – I think it's a – it's a combination of things. It's a combination of the time, blood, sweat, tears you put in with that with that team that particular year. And, man, it's like, gosh. And, and that's what makes winning a World Series for me at this stage of my life. It's so unbelievable. And it's so hard. And that's why I watch the players. There's only one team every year that wins. And I watch them and I just think, wow. I hope they appreciate how hard it is to do what they're doing because I chased it for years and years and years and got close and never even got to, I never got to win one. Um, There's such, there's such moments that should be treasured. And that's why, you know, just in my daily life, walking around and talking about world championships and, oh, they'll never win. And I just think, do you know how hard it is to win the whole thing? how perfect everything has to go. Not only do you have to have a great team with great chemistry and great leadership, but it's got to go right at the right time too. You can't have a bad series, especially in today's uh, playoff format, the way it's set up. You can't, you can't have a rough series or you're gone. Is it hard to accept the fact that sometimes the best team doesn't win? That, without a doubt, that's the case, especially in today's format. I think back in the day, Rich, thinking my dad's day and my grandfather's day, <coughs> I think the best team usually did win because the best team for me is more based on 162, the marathon. Who was the best over 162 games? And then you can take that and, and uh, 
go through three rounds of playoffs to get to the World Series and then win the World Series, that's tough to do because anybody can get in now. You know, that hot team can get in at the last minute, ride that wave, and win a World Series. So I don't think necessarily the most talented team wins every year. I think the best team does win. Because the best team is the team that gets to the playoffs and beats everybody they need to to get to the World Series and then wins that wins that World Series game against the, the, the best of the other league has to offer. So I do think the best team wins, but maybe the not the most talented team wins. How about that? At Tampa Bay, we used to talk about this, that baseball was a marathon that rewarded you with a sprint. So the Tampa Bay Rays were never built to win the marathon of 162 but they're always built to win the 110-meter dash that was the postseason. Well, I, or reverse. They have never won that. That They need that finishing kick. They need that last, they need that last five meters. Exactly. Okay. And, and time, time will tell. This might be okay. their year. This might be okay. their year, by the way. You never know. A uh, couple things to ask you about here on the podcast, Mr. Moon. Your reaction to T-Swizzle hanging out in NFL games? I don't know who T-Swizzle is. And, uh, okay. Well, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me do this again then because you're the only one in America who's not talking about this. Right. Your reaction to Tay-Tay showing up at Chiefs Kingdom? I don't know who Tay-Tay is, and I don't know what Chiefs Kingdom is. All I know is that I'm in ninth place in my fantasy league out of ten. Yeah, and you play me this week, and you're going to get completely crushed. All right, your reaction to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. All right, now I know what you're talking about. I saw that. Um, What do you want my reaction to? I don't know. Everybody else in America is talking about it. I can't look at Facebook, Instagram. X or whatever else. I can't turn on cable television. I don't know. And they're not talking about Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey. And the funny part is people are like, oh, who's this Travis Kelsey guy? Oh, yeah. And now they're getting, I don't I, I don't get the Taylor Swift thing, Rich. You're not a Swifty? All the more power to her and all the, the Taylor Swift fans. I know there's a zillions of them. She's the most, you know, she's got the biggest social media. I look at her. I listen to her, to her perform. She's fine. I don't see how she stands out. That's just me. I'm missing it. But what about it, the rest of the people in your house? You know, maybe my parents here. Back in the day in the 70s when it was, for me, I loved, you know, I loved Duran Duran. And how about when Madonna comes onto the scene? Yeah. Maybe your parents look at you like, what are you thinking? Where, hey, Madonna was the hot thing at the time. So I get it. I don't understand it. All I know is Kelsey's being dragged into her world now. He's doing vaccine commercials for the new COVID vaccine shot. That That's kind of a Taylor Swift thing. So I don't know. Whatever. Really enjoy it. Don't really care. How about I, wonder, that? I wonder when she breaks up if she writes a song about him, too. Oh, it'll be great. We'll hear about it. And yeah, it's great. Whatever. All right. That That's what... That's what athletes do. You're What's young. Oh. You're young. You, you you create a power couple and, and you move on. And 
people pay extra attention to you for a while and then it usually ends up in flames and then Taylor will write her song about you and it'll be great. And we could sit here and say, we covered it on the Boone podcast and it was a really cool story. Will guys talk trash to him on the other team about it? <clears throat> I would say with the, with the uh, popularity of Taylor Swift, there, there's probably some envy like, wow, they want to know about it. They want to know everything about her. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was the opposite. It, it's not a teasing. It's more of a, hey, intriguing. Hey, does she have any friends? Right, right. Um. All right, fantasy football. Fe- uh, fantasy football. Fantasy football. They got no clue, but uh, I know I'm in ninth place. Ninth place. Yeah. And fantasy I realized, football. Rich, that last You're 0 week. 0-3. You suck. By the way, last week I, I, I heard from uh, a – from a, a, a one Jake Boone, he said, Brett, "Dad, he said, uh, you know when you when you have somebody on the roster that's on the injured reserve, it's probably a good idea to replace him before the game starts." He said, "I saw you played a game with an injured player. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm zero three. I'm paying more attention. I've replaced him. Okay, I made a couple. Uh, I made a couple replacements last night. I showed. Jake. I saw that. He looked at me and he said, Dad. Well, and then I've." I've actually changed since you've seen it, maybe. Uh, but he said, Dad, you, okay, I understand you want to mix it up. You're in last place, but don't do that. You, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of feeling my way, but I did make the the necessary adjustments. We'll see how I do this week. So you have Jalen Hurts. I have Brock Purdy. Can okay. I play you this week, right? Right. Uh, you've got uh, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey. You've got it, uh, ETN. I've got uh, Warren from Pittsburgh. We'll see. We're going straight up. My team is heavily influenced by the 49ers, thanks to the Boone Podcast North office that we have. That's right. Uh, We'll see. I was supposed to beat you by 20 points. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, What's Boone watching? I just finished Sharp Objects. On HBO Max, I think we talked about that last week. Pretty good, pretty good ending, and and usually that's when I'm most disappointed at the endings. Um, but now on Netflix, I, I'm kind of going the British theme. I'm I'm starting to like these the, with the the British flavor and the accents. And, oh, you're watching Downton Abbey and guys t- driving on the other side of the of the car. Uh, I'm starting to like these. It's called The Stranger. I'm on episode four. It's on Netflix. There's man. There's a lot of plots going on right now. There's like four or five different plots, and I don't know how they tie together, but I'm sure they'll tie it together for me. Episode four, the stranger Netflix. Pretty good. Here's another thing. Are you going to start watching BBC America? I watch so many shows, Rich, that I often find it's more quantity than quality. So, the Ozarks of the world, which I love, uh, the Yellowstones, um, Succession. Oh, by the way, have you watched Yellowstone <clears throat> on CBS on Sundays? I've watched every Yellowstone. I'm waiting for the second half. No, I know, the but they're, they're playing it on broadcast television now. I don't know if it's the same without the cursing because it's on regular TV. Oh, no, I don't watch that version. Okay. Uh, but I'm, those are the AA+. Plus, um. For me, White Lotus is A plus. The all these shows I'm watching right now, they're all they're all interesting. They all give me something to do, but I haven't come across one of those top shelf 
A plus. Uh, these are all kind of B plus. They're all good. They're all entertaining, but I'm still waiting for that 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 succession type quality. Uh, I need one of those shows. All right, you got to get a hold of our man Jack Carr now that the writer's strike is over. Ooh, let's go because he came on the podcast and teased us about the prequel to the Terminal List. That'll be great. That'll so be you great. need to you need to tell if the strike's over, buddy. Let's get to work. You got it. Um. All right. Finally. Time for uh, Boone approved. All right. Lots of champagne being being uh, splashed around in clubhouses this week and next. Those big, oversized Oakley goggles, ski goggles that guys wear in the clubhouse celebration. Boone approved or not? Not approved. Not approved. That's premeditation. Yeah. I like spur of the moment. What You're lucky if you get champagne in your eyes. And then you're lucky if you get your champagne in your eyes again because that means you won two rounds. And then the third time, you're lucky again. So enjoy the whole thing. No, definitely not approved. Too premeditated for me, but I'm old. And, you know, they'll say keep up with the times, old man. But you know what? No, not approved at all. Listen, Grandpa. Wear, wear it. Wear it. Enjoy it. And and you deserve the effects. Uh, be careful I, when you drink. I've talked about this on the radio a lot. Let me ask you. Can you describe what it's like to be in that room with the champagne flowing? Uh, just the adulation. I talked about it. It's it's you could you could taste the carbonation of the champagne through your nostrils. It's something I've never experienced before, and I'll probably never experience after. Yeah, and, and people get you know my first one <coughs> I ever had, 1980. Uh, they win the World Series, and I'm allowed into the clubhouse with the Phillies. Oh, with with your dad. And I remember that night. I think it's the first time I had alcohol ever hit my hit my lips, and all I remember is sitting in the in the clubhouse of the Phillies they ran out of champagne and a gentleman by the name of Dickie Knowles yeah. who, is, who is a life coach now and helps people helps people with drinking problems and things they've gone through their life he's really turned his life into to a lot of service and does a lot of great things for a lot of people but this is Dickie Knowles of the Phillies um, and I remember him they ran out of champagne and he had this keg of beer, <clears throat> but they didn't have a tap. So they're finding out how are we going to get into this keg without a tap? <clears throat> Next thing you know, crowbar comes out, some sort of device. They pound it into the keg and make a makeshift hole. And they're turning the keg over to fill up their beers out of the hole in the side. That was my first experience of champagne after the game, 1980. And then my last one was probably 2001 when when we uh, we beat the Cleveland Indians and and that was the the first and and the last one, two very different ones. But uh, I know that feeling you're talking about with that stench and and yeah, it's it's a different feeling. Yeah. All right, coming up next week on the podcast, we're going to do our annual Major League Baseball playoff preview. Tyler Kepner joins us next week. So we'll sit down, we'll break down the, the races for the wild card, and then 
ultimately try to figure out who's going to win the whole darn thing. So that's coming up next week. What else do we got, Booney? Uh, Mark DeRosa from MLB Network. He'll be up next week. Uh, Do you think he works out every day? Who's got bigger guns, you or him? Me. Let me yeah, see. Me. No, no, no. That's not. That's Come not. on. Wear, wear a tank top like Pat McAfee. No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yes, DeRosa, very. Hey, DeRosa, I'm not sure. Always, you, you have to ask him what size jacket he wears. Always. Because, I mean, everything looks like it's about to burst on him. He's always been like that. He's always uh, kept in shape. He, I, I believe he tra- trains MMA, MMA style. Good friend of his, mutual friend of ours, uh, Walt Weiss. Okay. Walt, Walt, Walt Weiss is an ultimate fighter. I mean, that's how he trains. Walt Weiss. Everybody thinks the little Walt Weiss, the little shortstop, didn't hit many home runs. I'll tell you what, he's a beast, and and he trains like a beast. So Walt to these days, and and Mark and him were are good friends. So I think Mark got into the same type of training that okay. Walt White does. So yes, definitely one of our most jacked guests will be on <laughs> next week. And then uh, I think we're gonna have Yonder Alonso on also from MLB Network. Get their takes on you know pretty much everything everything postseason. Okay, perfect. So all that's coming up on the Boot Podcast. Hey, so everybody, have a great end of the baseball regular season. Good luck to all the teams that are still trying to get into the final couple wild card spots. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the Boot Podcast. See you, everybody. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 